Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, Senate Bill 2145 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop Senate Bill 2145. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Like I always say, I'm always glad that you are with me. And it's game week. It is finally, finally game week. Luckily for you, I mean, that's the the beautiful thing about what happened with you in the spring, is you have had to wait the least amount of time that you've ever waited for football before. Think about that. There's your fact of the day right there. You, the Ole Miss fan, have waited the least amount of time from when baseball ended to when football began in your lifetime, I think. I hope the baseball calendar wasn't later, earlier, then I would sound really stupid. But point being, because your baseball team won the national championship, the offseason felt a, a little shorter because it was a little shorter, and uh, and that's a good thing. But offseason no more. It is game week. My name is Michael Borky. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, at Michael Borky or Facebook or YouTube, all under the same name. Follow, subscribe, like, all that good stuff. Also, if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, wherever you get them, if you have a podcast app, if you have a smartphone, you have a podcast app, so pull up that app and search Rebel Report and hit subscribe so you don't have to wait till you see this on the website. It just shows up on your phone. Beautiful thing. So do all of those things. I appreciate that very much. And again, I'm glad you are with me on game week, Ole Miss versus Troy. And later this week, we'll do something. We'll, we'll do something where we'll take some kind of a look at, um, at at Troy. We'll do some kind of a look at Troy. But the, the reality is of this game, this game is only really about how Ole Miss plays and what Ole Miss does. Because if they are in any jeopardy of losing this game, that is a huge problem in a conversation that extends far beyond anything that we've had so far this year. So, yeah, we'll look at Troy, but this is mostly about Ole Miss and who plays and who the quarterback is and how he looks against what should be and will be a very overmatched Troy team. So we'll do that. It just won't be as in-depth as even Georgia Tech or or the SEC games. But either way, it is game week. Troy coming to Oxford. John Sumrall, it's a name that you're familiar with, the head coach at uh, at Troy, bringing his team in to Oxford. Uh, a couple of things that came from Lane Kiffin's press conference today. Um, he was asked about quarterbacks. I think I told you guys I was going to stop talking about quarterbacks. That was a lie. I will play... Uh, he actually got ahead of the questions. He said, it's the first question, so I'm going to answer it. And then he <laughs> he didn't even let somebody ask. He just spoke on quarterbacks. And so I'm going to play that for you. I'm going to play that for you right now. Here is Lane Kiffin talking about, voluntarily talking about quarterbacks and not naming one because the depth chart came out. It was released, but then deleted or whatever. And there was an or they haven't named a starter yet. Here's what he said about that. So I've not made a decision. I thought they both played okay. <clears throat> um, I would have thought again. We would have performed better. 
uh, in that situation against you know the other team and so we'll keep plugging away I do not know when I'll have that answer we haven't even discussed the timeline as coaches because um, it has not emerged um, at all so again that was Lane Kiffin talking about his quarterbacks and uh, or lack thereof uh, he would later also say that because he was asked about playing both, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said he, he doesn't imagine doing that or, or can't imagine doing that, but it's not set in stone, and, and they're not going to do things. Um, they're not going to try to fit everything into a box. Um, so, again, he said he imagines that they'll go with one, but one hasn't emerged yet, that kind of stuff. Um, I, I've said this to you before. Um, but it bears repeating, I will happily admit, if I'm wrong on this, I will happily admit if and when I am wrong, this feels to me like 2020. I think they know who they're going to start. And, and it feels weird, like saying they're intentionally lying. I think he knows. Um, they, they've already done multiple days of game week preparation. I think this is a similar situation to 2020. Now, in 2020, there was no real competition. Matt Corral was clearly, clearly, clearly the better of the two. It was known right away there wasn't a competition. But on game week, as I said to you before, on game week, this exact day, 2020, the Monday of the first game, it was Matt Corral or John Rice Plumley. They never named a starter at any point. Didn't do it. I think a similar thing is going on here. I could be wrong again. I will happily admit if and when I'm wrong on this. But I have a feeling that this is just a feel. And from piecing things together, too, I suppose. I think Jackson Dart is going to start the game. I think he's going to play the majority of it. That is what I think capital T-H-I-N-K is going to happen. Uh, I think that they are embellishing for whatever reason, just like they did in 2020 that's what i think and that i'm trying to read between the lines and like pull things out of what he says that that may not be there but anyway that is and that was talking quarterbacks that's about all i got for you on that front that's what he said about it i don't believe it and i'm happy to be proven wrong i just don't believe it this podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. If you are located anywhere, anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi, and you're on the market for office technology, so anything from copiers and printers and mail machines, uh, cloud storage, day security, technology in the office, if you need it, they have got you covered. Advantage Business Systems, you tell them I sent you, you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need, what your budget is. They'll come out, do an assessment on me. Just tell them I sent you absms.com for all your business technology needs. This podcast is also brought to you by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue in Oxford. When you go, tell Greg or any of the good people there that I sent you, you'll get a, uh, they'll, they'll hook you up. They've got daily lunch specials Monday through Friday. They've got good advice. Uh, if you need help cooking with meat, which is obviously their specialty, but uh, if you're going to be cooking with meat, if you're going to celebrate week one by cooking, getting behind the grill, getting 
behind the stove, whatever it is, if you're cooking with meat, LB's just across from Kroger and University has got you covered. They're big supporters of Ole Miss sports um, and good people in there as well. So uh, go by and check them out. Again, LB's just across from Kroger on University. So the depth chart got released, and <laughs> it's hard to really take anything away from depth charts. On offense, for example, there was an or at quarterback. It got quickly deleted. I don't know why. It, it was a bizarre situation, quite frankly. I, I know depth charts don't matter. I know they really don't. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they need to release it and all that stuff. I'm not going to do that. Like Sark at Texas, for example, isn't doing them at all. And some people got up in arms about transparency or whatever. These things are so fluid and, and kind of meaningless. So I can't decide if I think it's annoying or not. It's a weird thing. I can't decide if I'm annoyed by the fact that they won't release a depth chart or are being super weird about it and releasing it and deleting it. And all. I, I, I can't decide what I think about it. I don't think it truly matters, but I do like looking at them. I, I, I'm the target audience for the people that put depth charts online. I, I'm the target audience because I click on them. I look at them. I know how fluid it is. I know that or can't play quarterback. Uh, I know two two tight ends can't be on the field at the same time. Well, I guess they can, um, but th- there's an or with Casey Kelly and Michael Trigg. Uh, th- there's a couple of ors on defense as well. I mean, there's one at linebacker with Austin Keys and Kari Coleman, for example. Um, there's another or uh, at wide receiver, and it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it, Malik Keith and Jordan Watkins are going to play both are going to play even if there's an or there. Casey Kelly and Michael Trigger both going to get snaps and on and on and on. Uh, the one I'm looking at, though, which is interesting, because a lot of people have said Jaden Williams has taken over and will start at left tackle, moving Jeremy James to right tackle and Mason Brooks out of the starting lineup. The one that I'm looking at that got screenshotted and and sent to me has Jeremy James at left and Mason Brooks at at right tackle. So what does that mean? I don't know. Uh, is Jaden Williams going to play a lot? Yes. The redshirt freshman is going to play a lot. Is Mason Brooks going to play a lot? Yes. So other than quarterbacks, there's not a single thing on here that is surprising in any way. Um, it looks like defensively, I mean, when you look at it this way, it kind of confirms what we've thought about them on defense. They've got a four-man front for whatever that's worth also, but they're too deep at every spot. And not just too deep because there's two names at every position, but I think that there's real like talent and potential and quality too deep at every single position listed on the defensive line. And the same thing about the secondary. I think when you look at this with Prince and Brown and Reese and Johnson and Tennyson and Young and Washington and Finley and Battle and Igbenusen, I think that is as deep of a secondary proven for the most part that Ole Miss has ever had. And when you look at it on paper like this, it's more illustrated 
uh, or, or I guess it stands out more when you can actually phys- when you see it written down like this. They have real depth and real talent in the secondary and on the defensive line, and we've talked about that a bunch. But when you see it this way, it, it feels different when you get to look at it this way. So other than that, I mean, they deleted it or, or whatever. I don't know. Um, nothing to take away other than the quarterback position. And you heard me say already that I don't believe him. And that's uh, that's about all I got in terms of uh, the depth chart. Something else, though, something else that came from Lane Kiffin's press conference that should really excite you is this answer. He was asked, and you'll hear the question as well, a pretty simple kind of softball question about you know the program in year three and, and how he feels about the program in year three and gave a really insightful answer. Um, just listen. Here it is right now. Here, here's the question and the answer from Lane Kiffin. This is the most interesting thing that came out of the press conference today. Here that is right now. Coach, just now through another spring, another fall camp, heading into to week one of your third year here, just do you like where this, I guess, the team and program as a whole is heading or going in your third year? <clears throat> Yeah, you know, sometimes you reflect on things. Like you said, as you go into third year and first year being strange with COVID, for everybody, we couldn't really recruit. Town was kind of shut down and, um, you know, win the Outback Bowl and last year to, you know, win all the home games and success and go to the Sugar Bowl uh, was really cool. So now it's a new year. You know, I kind of, you know, as I thought about that, I, <clears throat> I kind of thought, you know, maybe if you look at my background where I've been, you know, in different places that, you know, this statement may surprise you. It probably would have surprised me if I would have said it a long time ago. But, you know, I look at it as you go around town, there's so much excitement about the program, season ticket sales, everything. But I feel like I needed Oxford and Ole Miss a lot more than it needed me. And um, so I enjoy it here. Um, it's been awesome, and it's been really cool. Now we got to take off from last year and rebuild like we have and now go perform on game days and keep our home winning streak alive. I mean, I don't know the stats, but it's got to be one of the longer ones around. How about that, huh? I uh, never thought – I really never thought that I would hear something like that about Ole Miss from uh, from Wayne Kiffin. I uh, really didn't think so, Um not and that's not anti anything Ole Miss. Just based on who uh, he apparently used to be, and he said it himself. It's not something that he would have said when he first took over. And um, you know, I'm not stupid. I, I think that there are better jobs out there that he would take if offered. I, I believe that. I think that list, and you've heard me say this before, is quite small. I think it's a very small list of jobs that he would leave Ole Miss for. But I do think that it's clear when you hear him and then when you talk to people around the program and stuff, um, that he's gro- the place is growing on him, that, that Ole Miss is growing on him. I think that um, talent acquisition is going better than he expected it would be, I think. I think he might feel that not at the highest level, but that he can win at a relatively consistent level at Ole Miss. But more importantly, and later, I didn't play this for you, but later he mentioned 
you know, having his daughter there and and you've heard him in the past talk about how much his son loves it and, and stuff like that. But it, he clearly truly likes the place. Does that mean anything? Probably not. If the, the job came open, would he still take it? Yeah, I, I, I think so. But I think he is surprised by how he feels about the place where he currently is. Sounds like it's not the stepping stone that he thought it would be. That it might actually be a place where he can plant some roots, some, and stay a while and be successful. I've often thought that Ole Miss could be a better program than people think nationally, and that it's shown it's able to be. I've always thought that it had the chance to be a nationally, relatively speaking, competitive program. Can it afford the players like A&M or Alabama or Georgia? No, but I've always thought that it could be better than it's been demonstrated. Largely incompetent people have been in charge there for far too long. I think he might be learning what I've always thought that you can win at Ole Miss. You can build a program there. You you can be successful there. And it's not as hard as you think it would. I don't know. Really insightful stuff though, from Lane Kiffin. You are, you are hearing things from him now that I don't think even when he took the job, he thought that he would, I mean, he said it himself. I'm literally just repeating him. Um, he never thought that he would feel that way about this place, about that place. And um, long story short, you're growing on the guy. Clearly growing on the guy. So there you go. Quarterbacks, I don't trust them. I think that they are embellishing somewhat. And uh, Lane Kiffin might be around for a little while. He might actually think that he can do something at, uh, at Ole Miss if you take his word for it. So that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back for more of a focused look at Troy and what I want to see in this game and stuff like that later this week. So in the meantime, thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.